What's up? It's your boy D-Lo giving you another episode of D-Lo Speaks and I want to thank y'all for tuning in. What's up y'all? Um, I'm back with another episode of D-Lo Speaks. This is episode 5 and I'm just going to go ahead and get into some things. Y'all should already know how I'm coming when I get on this podcast. So listen, I'm going to go ahead and touch on this because I just was scrolling on Twitter because you know that's my favorite place to be seem like. But anyway, I was scrolling on Twitter and scratch that. I wasn't even scrolling. I had just opened the app. And the first tweet that I saw was a video of when Nikki was on, um, I think she was on Flex. This was right after Queen Drop, and you know, she went on there talking about the album, and he wanted to, you know, go over some things, I guess apologize for the stuff that he did, you know, and so forth. And basically, the person shared the video, and on the caption... They said that Nikki is a lyricist, a true artist, you know, and they kept going on and they was like, she treated hip hop the correct way all these years. Y'all need to go ahead and give her her flowers. So somebody quoted and was like, she was in the game for 10 plus years. She didn't write or rap her songs. So... And she didn't get a number one or a Grammy, so what's like what do y'all have to say for that? Okay. Let's just start here. You don't need a number one to give classic songs. You don't have to have a number one to be a true lyricist. You don't have to have a number one to be a good artist. You don't have to be number one. To treat hip-hop as it should be treated. Nikki don't need none of that. Because clearly, with her name in your mouth or in your tweets, that means you know that Nikki was out here killing the game better than anybody else. She could compete with anybody and still outdo them. And she don't even have to try. Because she done proved her point. That she will kill anybody in the game if she really wants to. Now, let's just be real. Cardi ain't got, she got plenty number ones. But she ain't write none of them songs. She might have write a bar here and there. But out of her own mouth, she said that she had writers. And she don't even write 100% of her raps. But she got number ones. She also got a Grammy, something that was handed to her. Some might say, oh, it wasn't handed to her. She deserved it. No, in my opinion, it was handed to her because when you get a Grammy, it's off of something that's a classic, something that's Grammy worthy. Invasion of Privacy was not a Grammy worthy album. She had just gotten the game. Cardi really didn't even put in that much work to even have the audacity to say 
that she deserved that Grammy. No. You might have been out here grinding, you know, trying to get this whole music persona or whatever it is behind you and get rid of the stripper life and whatever else. But at the end of the day, that album did not deserve that Grammy. I don't care what nobody says. And you could probably give me a different point of view if you wanted to. That's cool, too. But at the end of the day, my view on it still stands. That album was not Grammy worthy. And that goes back to that tweet. Cardi got the Grammy. She got number ones. And she ain't writing none of her songs. But this is who y'all like to praise. Nikki, who writes her songs, who haven't got a Grammy or haven't had many number ones, so they say, but she had number one songs, whether it was hip hop or pop or, you know, just featuring on a song, whatever the case is, if it came at number one, then guess what? It's a number one count in her book. So at the end of the day, Cardi is not a lyricist. Nikki is a lyricist. Clearly, we know that Cardi doesn't match Nikki Penn. That's a given. So, what was the whole point of putting that tweet up, trying to make it seem like Nikki needed other people to make her who she is? Safari, all he did was add Lib on Pink Friday. And he want to take writing credit. And for what? All you did been bark or made a monster noise or whatever the case was. That's all you did. You don't get no, no writing credit for that. And the dummy who made the tweet don't even realize that he pretty much made himself look like a fool. So, to say that Nikki doesn't have a number one, she doesn't have a Grammy, but she was in the game for 10 plus years. Do you know how much artists that didn't have a Grammy was nominated but didn't win and still gave us classic albums, still gave us classic songs? Like, come on. And I'm sure a lot of people know who these artists are. You can go out there and you can search it on Google. It's just that simple. It's just that quick. So y'all just need to get it through y'all head that Nikki is a great artist. She came in the game. She proved her point because a lot of people felt like women wasn't even worthy of rapping. They felt like the only way that they could make it is if they sell sex. And Nikki showed y'all that on Pink Friday, she didn't have to sell sex to make that album big. And if you go back and listen to them songs, you would see that she didn't sell as much sex that y'all wanted her to as a female artist to even be taken seriously. Pink Friday was a big debut album for Nicki. She did numbers. Pink Friday was way better than Invasion of Privacy. Nicki has been nominated for Grammys and she didn't win. But that's what happens when the industry can't take the fact that a woman is doing something better than most males. And with men, that pride don't like to see a woman do stuff better. But sometimes you just have to admit that women do stuff better than men. But that's something y'all can battle out on y'all own time. I don't have time for that. At the end of the day, 
Nicki did what she had to do as a female rapper, as a rapper, period. She did what she had to do. And she proved her point. She fought for the streaming rights. She fought for women to be independent and don't need a man to to, to depend on when it comes to making music or just relationship-wise, whatever the case was. She gave y'all that whole... What's the word I'm looking for? Basically, she continued to preach this to y'all and y'all taking it for granted, basically. And she kept going in the culture, steady jumping over obstacles, kicking doors off the hinges just so women could be taken seriously. And then here, the minute that Cardi, a female who raps, who I consider an entertainer, came in the game which when she first before she even hit the music scene i liked cardi she was funny her personality yes it was unapologetic but at the end of the day if that's who she was then cool that's who she was but that's something that people don't always want to see if you coming in the game to rap if you coming into game to do music period then that's what you need to give us everything doesn't have to be on instagram live Put it in your music. We don't want to hear it on video all the time. And then when somebody screen records you and then post it, you feel like people out here flipping your words. But that's where that unapologetic personality gets you. Sometimes you might be misunderstood or whatever the case is, but you just got to know how to choose your words wisely. Or... Just be like an artist and put it in your music and don't care about what people think. But again, she's an entertainer. Anyway, moving along, the whole situation with Safari lying about writing for Nikki. Y'all saw how long that went over with Safari lying about that. They dragged Nikki's name through the mud about Safari writing for her. But why haven't we seen one reference track for Nikki yet? Explain that to me. We haven't got one reference track. But Safari writes for Nikki. Other people have written for Nikki. So they say. I need proof. And y'all getting these producer names or other people to be like, oh, this person wrote for her. Are you dumb? Like, really? So, with Young Miami, she's an entertainer. I don't even know why or how she made it in the game. She said that, well, I read somewhere the other day that basically she said that she couldn't rap. Or she knew that she couldn't rap, but she's basically doing it for JT. Okay, cool. Friend support. But that don't give you a right or a pass to come into hip-hop culture telling other females who should write for them. Because you don't even write your music. So you can't tell somebody what they should do or what they need to do to be popping. Because if we being honest, the person who wrote for you is the one that's popping. You ain't popping. And JT, the one that popping, she lock up. But 
she popping because she writes her lyrics, even though Lil Yachty wrote for her too on Act Up. But it was said that she wrote her third verse. So she know how to write music. Maybe you should take some pointers from her. But you can't tell people that, oh, well, a hit is a hit. Some of y'all hoes need writers. Like, you can say that it's a free country, but what was your point? What point are you trying to make? Because the hit that you claiming ain't even your hit, really. I mean, your name on it, but the person who wrote it is their hit. And I'm sure that he's getting a percentage. So, when she said that, and um, Asian DeBrat, or former known as Asian Doll, or whatever, she was like, her and Megan write their own stuff. So, I'm trying to figure out why Cardi got all uptight about that. All she said was her and Megan wrote their own stuff. Now, a hit dog will holler. At the end of the day, you cannot get offended because somebody said them and somebody else write their own lyrics. She didn't call y'all name. She didn't say Young Miami and Cardi don't write their lyrics. She said, I write my lyrics and so does Megan. That should be the end of that. But no, you goes on Instagram, make a whole live video talking about people rapping their songs in their accent, blah, blah, blah. Bruh, everybody knows that any time that somebody hears a hit, eventually a lot, a majority of people going to like it. Some not. But the ones that don't, they end up, they probably still won't like it, but they end up singing it because they don't like it. But if you lit for a moment or whatever you're doing at that particular moment that you're lit, if that song comes on, guess what? You going to get jacked up to it. Like, you're going to be lit for it because you ain't thinking about that right now. You just want to have a good time. But at the end of the day, conversations in hip hop like this, you cannot match these type of entertainers up with actual artists when it comes to pen game. You cannot compare these people to artists who actually have some type creativity and they don't. You cannot compare them. So... I thought that it was very funny that Cardi felt some type way because Asian said something about that. But chill out. And I think that at this rate, like with the whole issue with press, if if Cardi had put that out during the time that she did the snippet or whatever then maybe it would have had a different effect. And I'm the type of person, I like hip-hop beefs. I don't care how small it is. But I like to hear people be creative with the bars when they're going back and forth. This whole New York Fashion Week incident, had Cardi put pressed out after that incident, then I think the talk for hip-hop would have been different. Even though... She, we know she still wouldn't have write them lyrics. She would have claimed she did. But Cardi wouldn't have write them lyrics. Because you can tell when a person's content's changed. Their content 
will change from their mixtape days as well as albums. And y'all know, Cardi mixtapes and her lyrics now, the flow and sound and everything might be the same, but them lyrics is totally different. And you knew back then Cardi was writing, now she ain't writing. It might be a couple of words here and there that you hear or lines that you may hear and you'll be like, you know what, Cardi probably wrote that because it's, it's simple. And not saying that simple is a bad thing because sometimes you can make simple sound real good. It's all about how you execute it. But y'all know Cardi ain't writing half of her stuff. So with all that being said, has she put out press after the New York Fashion Week then I'm sure Nikki would have respond in a different light. But Nikki decided to play the game Cardi's way by going back and forth through social media because that's all Cardi is known for. Being live on social media, hashing out whatever problems she have to later get on the song and say she ain't about the drama but throwing shots. And that's what I also want y'all to understand. When it comes to rap... You may have an issue with an artist, but you got to understand, if you come at an artist sideways, they still human. They're going to put it in their music, and they're going to come back at you with it. So, this is for you, Cardi. You cannot get upset if somebody throws shots at you. You cannot get upset if you said something out your mouth slick, and you forgot that you said it, but that person remember, and then when they throw some type shade at you here you go getting on instagram live again to be mad about it then to later get in your music and be like why don't you chill with the beef and get some chicken instead like we don't want to hear that if you ain't gonna be completely honest with the fact that you know you like drama we know that you like drama but you rather be physical than to put it in your music but if you know that you really not gonna be all about it in your pen then stop trying to make it seem like people are always attacking you. Because you be coming out your mouth slick sometimes. And y'all know Cardi be coming out her mouth slick. But at the end of the day, you chose the music business. You chose to get in the booth, record songs, and this is where it got you. And you cannot defend Young Miami knowing that neither one of y'all write y'all lyrics. Just to say, oh, y'all be reciting they stuff and they accent, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's obvious. People like the song. Women especially gonna like the song because they can relate to it or they wanna feel like they could relate to it because they feel like they don't need a nigga. And they shouldn't feel like they need a nigga, but hey, that's a lady's anthem. And Lil Yachty knew that women would really like the song. And if they wanted a hit, he wrote a hit for them. And now niggas is eating it up. And that's cool and all, but y'all got to stop with the comparisons because they make no sense. Now, the direction that hip-hop is heading... It's going down the drain because a lot of people is not taking the art seriously. They feel as though they could just jump in, give us a hit 
or give us a song that they think is a hit when it's not even worth listening to within the next six months because y'all gonna be tired of it y'all gonna get tired of the fact that nobody is being creative anymore because I know I'm tired of it like I wanna hear classic albums again I'm tired of hearing EPs I'm tired of hearing mixtapes well I'm gonna put it this way I'm not tired of hearing mixtapes but I'm tired of seeing people constantly put out mixtapes to pretty much be their body of work in the light of an album. Like, I I don't want to hear that. Like, if you're going to give us mixtapes, then do that, but don't try to be as creative on a mixtape because it's not going to be as um, authentic or... Um, you know, as creative as we want it to be, you know, if it was an album. Like, give us an album or two, maybe three, then decide to go back and do a mixtape. But, like, right now, at the current state, people are getting lazy with the art. They don't appreciate it, and they don't like the fact that they they have to be on point with it. Like, these labels is not pushing them to be like, all right, we need an album from you, like, right now. We need an album from you that's going to sell such and such amount of dollars or whatever the case is. They're just slapping mixtapes on us every three months, every four months. Like, give us albums. Like, I remember when I was, like, probably four, five. You know, I was real young. But my mama used to have a whole CD book full of albums from... Goody Mob to Outkast to Missy Elliott, Lil Kim, Foxy Brown, Eve, um, even R&B albums. You know, people put out albums and actually gave us classic albums that sell. Like, you had to sell albums in order to eat. And these people understood that. They appreciated the fact that people was actually out here buying their music because they enjoyed what they put out. Now, people is just putting out music just to put it out and calling themselves the king and queen. Uh, where? Show me. Because I'm still trying to figure out where y'all the king and queen at. Y'all ain't even giving us classic albums y'all not giving us classic features y'all not giving us anything to fall back on to be like you know what this person this person is giving us longevity this person could be icon status y'all not giving us none of that and it's the same applies to r&b because that genre is just going down too and it's just like it's, it's just too much And I blame the GP too because it's hard to please them now because of this generation. The generation has gotten lazy when it comes to listening. They don't listen to albums that actually speak a message. Some of these people be in their albums telling y'all about these labels or people who got their own labels 
who be doing people dirty just to make themselves rich. And anybody that wanna wants to be a rapper should actually pay attention to when these people be prophesying this because when y'all decide to rap and y'all make it big and somebody do y'all over, then what's going to happen? Y'all going to be on YouTube years from the time that they done played y'all and y'all going to be all on an episode of Unsung trying to explain to us how you was done dirty. We shouldn't have to see that if y'all just go ahead and do it the right way. Or just be independent. Still give us classic albums and show us that your creativity could sell. Like, out of all of the females that raps, I have I have a lot of females that I listen to because I like I like how they execute stuff. I like their creativity level. I like how they are lyricists. Like, I like it all. And, like, Lauren Hill. She is a lyricist. She sings and she raps. Some people may call her an R&B singer. Some people may call her a rapper. Or some people might just say she can never be a rapper even if she raps. That makes no sense. Lauren Hill is a lyricist. This is what she did. She was singing and rapping, but y'all got to remember she was with the Fugees too. And she was killing it when she was with the Fugees. Like, come on. Like, I like hearing her rap because the minute she opened her mouth, she draws you in. And the same applies when she sings. And like that, all she had to do was give us one album. I mean, that wasn't all she had to do, but that's what she did. She gave us that one album, and The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill is still, 20 years later, still being played by a lot of people, still being respected by a lot of people, and that's because Lauryn understood her gift, and she understood hip-hop. She understood R&B. She understood each genre and she executed it and did great. And that's what I love about Lauren. Now I wish that she had stayed and give us another great album after The Miseducation of Lauren Hill but her own personal life, you know, she was trying to find herself and all of that. Okay, cool. I respect that but you still gave me a classic album that I still listen to till this day. Little Kim, she gave classic albums too. And one day, this is recent, one day I decided to go back and listen to her albums because I was just bored and I was like, you know, I'm going to try to, it's a lot of music out there and I haven't heard all the music. So I'm not about to talk like I, you know, be on everybody music because I haven't. But the ones that I have listened to, they were classic. They were constructed well. They was executed well. And, you know, they sold. Like Little Kim's album. Listen to them. Um, I think it was the, the Notorious K.I.M. Good album. Hardcore Kim. 
good album, a hardcore or whatever. Y'all know which one I'm talking about. Um, you know, good albums. La Bella Mafia. I listen to it and I like some of the songs on there, but you know, Little Kim like to be changing her sound and stuff. And I couldn't really, I mean, I could adjust to the fact that she was changing her sound, but it's certain things that I, I want from Lil' Kim. And up until now, her singing and stuff, I, I don't really want that. Like, I want her to go back to when she was in the 90s and just give us bars. Like, stop trying to sing. Because if, I mean, you was the queen of your era, that's what they titled you as. I mean, me personally, I feel like you wasn't the only one killing it. And if I had to crown somebody, in all honesty, during that era, I mean, Lauren Hill was already the queen in my eyes. But if I had to queen a different female aside from Kim, it would be Foxy. Because Foxy flow was unmatched. Foxy was killing it. Like, y'all cannot tell me. Like, if y'all haven't listened to any of Foxy album, like, and y'all probably going to hear me talk about Foxy a lot or even mention her name. And that's because she deserves to be, um, she deserves to get the credit because she was killing it during her prime and in that era, whether Little Kim came out first or not, she was killing it. And Foxy albums, like, they were classic, especially Broken Silence, favorite album. Like, hands down. Like, Lauren Hill first, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, then Broken Silence. That was a great album. Like, that's number two on my favorite um, albums from female artists. You know, y'all know I love Nicki. And y'all probably thinking, like, dang, why he ain't put Nicki first? But y'all got to understand it was people that came before Nicki. And at the end of the day, I still love their music as much as I do Nikki's, but Lauren and Foxy, their albums, definitely number one and number two, but y'all need to go back and listen to Foxy, go back and listen to her albums and understand, put her and Little Kim albums side by side, listen to them bar for bar and just, you know, just be honest. Like, yeah, Kim was killing it, but give Foxy her credit too. Missy has some good albums. And for me, I think out of all of her albums, I want I wanna say that my favorite out of hers was Under Construction. I feel like that's what I wanna say, but I also wanna say um was it The Real World or Super Duper Fly? I can't remember, but either way you go, they gave classic albums and you know so forth. Y'all just have to respect these artists when it comes to hip-hop because these people that's coming in now with all of this mumble rap and just constantly saying dumb stuff to just draw y'all in and the first thing y'all want to do is break your back because you're twerking too hard. Y'all need to understand to not match these artists up with people that actually show us creativity give us classic albums or give us classic features or whatever the case is none been in the game more than 10 years or at 10 years and they just killing it and shout out to jay-z 
for being the first rapper to become a, a billionaire. Like, yo. I was too happy for him when I see that he had became a billionaire. Do y'all know what I could do with that money? I mean, y'all probably don't know. I know what I could do with that money. And I know I wouldn't even spend it all. Knowing me, because I don't even spend money like that. But knowing me, I would probably spend a couple of thousands. Maybe, a, a you know, a good bit of thousands. And then the rest, I would just put up or, you know, dis- distribute it to other people, you know, help out here and there. Because that's just me. I don't spend money and I'm I'm not into like all the materialistic things. But, you know, shout out to him. That was a ma- that was major. And all of this stuff that Jay-Z has been doing over the past months, helping people out from me to Lil Uzi and all that, like that's that's really dope. And. I think with, with these artists, for how long they done been in the game now, when it comes to rap, it's not like they take it seriously, but they already know their position as artists. So they don't really too much have this whole hard heart or whatever the case is toward everything because they understand that, hey, I didn't prove why I'm here. I didn't prove why I done been here for this long or that long. So why should I have to stoop to the level of a any somebody that's like 24 years old when I'm like in my late 30s or early 40s, close to 50? Like I'm, I got kids of my own that's younger than these people who out here just constantly coming out their mouth talking crazy. So at the end of the day, I understand why they don't really, you know, jump into the beefs or whatever. They're gonna address it in their music. Because that's what they know. That's what they know. They've been doing that. But we, as the listeners and the fans or whatever, we're going to jump on people when they come out their mouth crazy because, hey, yeah, these celebrities human, but they got stuff to do and they don't have as much time on their hands that we do. So, yeah, we're going to come at y'all. And if it's anybody that I like, whether it's from Foxy to Nikki to J. Cole to Big Sean, another nigga y'all don't give enough credit, which is Big Sean, but Drake, Kendrick, anybody, if you speaking ill on their name, guess what? I'm going to be right in your mentions. I'm going to be right there. Because y'all cannot play in these artists' face. Like, it's, it's really not that deep but again I'm gonna be in your mentions so with hip hop and R&B you know tying together I also saw a tweet the other day that basically said with R&B the person felt like R&B was shifting back to a 90's feel (sighs) y'all R&B is not shifting back to a 90s feel. I don't care what y'all say. Me hearing R&B in the 90s was completely different from hearing what R&B is now. R&B has died. R&B is rolling down the hill with Jack and Jill and they having a hard time coming back up that hill. I don't y'all about to let a whole genre die. Because y'all letting people come in here giving us the simplest, 
lines to R&B. They're not giving enough emotion. They're not giving us stories. They're not giving us anything. And artists like Usher, Alicia Keys, um, Maxwell, Jasmine Sullivan, um, Kiki Wyatt, another artist that y'all don't give enough credit, um, Fantasia, um, who else? Like all of the all of these older artists that were out for a while, they understand the concept when it comes to singing an R and B song, giving us soul and everything else that's tied into it. They understand the concept. But the artists now, who can we depend on to keep R&B alive? To keep the hope alive when it comes to R&B? I don't even know who we could depend on. Because everybody is only... It seems like the R&B singers now is only targeting a certain audience. And with that audience, it always seemed like it's reaching out to certain people who's going through this relationship that they could get themselves out of. They tired of being played, yet they stay in there. Come on. We can have those type songs. But if y'all want R&B to feel like the 90s again, or just feel like R&B, period... Because I know the times has changed. Y'all need to step y'all game up when it comes to creativity and telling stories and giving emotions when it comes to R&B. Because some songs, I just be like, you know, yes, this is R&B, but it ain't the R&B that I'm used to. Like, for an example, Deborah Cox. A lot of people was listening to her back in the day she gave us um nobody's supposed to be here when people listen to that song and when people sing that song they hear the emotion they feel what she mean in that song then she got on the song with rl from um the group next and they the the name of the song is um we can't be friends come on y'all have to understand how good that song is and the connection that they gave on that song like r&b singers aren't doing that now they're not singing on songs together and giving us this connection that we really need to feel like i could give it to daniel caesar and um her when they did um What's the name of the song? I'm bad with names of songs, but I know it. But y'all know what um, song I'm talking about. When they do that song together, like, you felt that that R&B connection that people are used to. Y'all felt the connection that they were supposed to give the emotion or whatever the case was for that song. But to be honest, R&B died when people stopped wearing turtlenecks. When they start leaning on the couch with their hand on the on you know the side of their ear and posing on the they cover art, it died when they start wearing these one earrings. When they stop having an S curl, all of that it died. But we need people to do that again. But you know what? 
I don't even think that it's going to happen because artists now, they are too, they're young and they don't understand the concept of everything. And then after seeing that tweet, I was just like, you know, I wonder who or what art artist that sings R&B could continue to carry the torch. And that's also a hard question to ask. Um, answer because people is at this rate it's just it's hard it's hard to even pick who would still carry the torch or who could grab the torch and keep going like all the older artists like Usher and you know Jasmine Sullivan Fantasia you know all of them they still holding the torch the light might be a little dim that's because they're trying to find they know their sound they have their sound down packed but they're trying to find a way to fit in this current culture and that's hard to do because artists have a hard time trying to grab this generation now because they're so picky when it comes to music and that's the sad part about it and I'm just like, y'all got to do better. Like, y'all really have to do better. And I was on Twitter um, earlier. And I was talking with um, one of my mutuals. And y'all could go follow her at Sadidi underscore Ego. But, you know, we was just talking and she shared a picture of Mario. And... It's funny that she shared that picture because I was going to tweet her today and ask her about Mario. And basically, we was just talking and I asked her, you know, do you think that Mario would be bigger, you know, than what he is now? Had he not been quiet during that little short period of time when we didn't hear anything from him. And she basically said she don't think that he would be that much big than what he is now. But he would be bigger than he is now. But the thing with him, he needs to switch up his approach when it comes to R&B, which I do agree. I think that Mario was a good candidate for being the next person to carry the torch when it comes to R&B. But, you know, sometimes you can't, you can try to predict or think about an artist that you feel as a great fit. But if they don't stand up to the test or even try to pass it, it's impossible for them to even hold that position. So, you know, we ended up coming to the agreement that basically these artists now have to try to find a way to adjust to the current climate when it comes to the general public because they're, they are really hard to please, which I think is very much true. And it, it's been happening for years. Even when D'Angelo, Maxwell, Jill Scott, um, Angie Stone, People like artists like that, the ones that had that neo soul sound, they were it, it was hard for them to put out albums or think of a song or album to even put out because 
they were having a hard time trying to grasp hold to the GP. And, you know, with the industry putting them in certain categories, it was hard for them to understand or try to understand who their audience was. And that's why it took so long for certain artists to put out an album when it came to R&B because people was just, they wasn't really grasping hold to them no more. And I think that with them paving the way for a lot of people, they need to be respected too, especially if they're still alive. Give them their flowers. Um, R&B groups, you rarely hear them anymore. You had the females like In Vogue, um, Escape, SWV, you know, Boys the Men, Jagged Edge, Drew Hill, 112, LSG, I think, yeah, LSG. I think that's what it was. But, you know, all of these R&B groups that we had at one point, and they just kind of fade away. Destiny's Child, um, Cherish, Danity Kane, like, all of these groups, whether they was R&B groups or pop groups or whatever the case was, well, because I'm speaking on R&B currently, you know, we're going to speak on the R&B groups. But at the end of the day... These artists eventually separated because they wanted to do something solo. But at the end of the day, it still didn't take away the fact that they were out here giving us classic albums. Out here giving us R&B that gave us a connection. Like, come on, at one period of time, I'm sure all of y'all been out here singing Jagged Edge song, Let's Get Married. That means y'all favorite go-to song to sing. Because niggas just love to sing that song so they can be beating on their chest and shaking their head and having a little, have that little vein popping out their neck because they singing that song so hard. Like, come on. Like, that was moments where it was, like, nostalgic for everybody because we just love that moment. And I had this argument on Twitter, like, some months ago, but I don't care what nobody says. Boys to Men is the best male R&B group that anybody could ask for that was ever touched in the industry and you can debate with me all day on that them boys could sing i don't care what nobody says for me it's boys the men first then jagged edge and then anybody else who falls behind them that's just me like them boys could sing their behinds off and they gave us true r&b music people don't do that no more They don't understand that I think when it comes to artists, they need to understand that sometimes if you don't have the, um, if you don't have the, what's the word I'm looking for? The interest to put out good quality music because you might be going through something. Go back to the nineties, go back to the early two thousands, go back a couple of eras before the nineties to grasp that that creativity level so that you can be like you know what let me put this sound on a sound today and see how people grasp it and i'm not talking i'm not talking about giving us like um samples and just putting anything on it and expecting us to like it because we like the sample i don't want that give me something good like 
I also had a um a conversation recently on Twitter. We was talking about the fact that when it came to samples, why weren't people being as creative as they should be? And because of that, like when it comes to people jumping on these samples, you have to give us good quality music and good um good content for us to be drawn in. And the example that I used was um Wild Thoughts with DJ Khaled and Bryson Till and Rihanna. That song it was good, but it wasn't as good as people hyped it to be, in my opinion. I liked the song, but it wasn't that good to be hyped. If we really gonna be 100% real, Santana, Maria Maria, was way better than Wild Thoughts. And I thought that it was funny that a lot of people in this generation thought that Santana's song was a copy of Wild Thoughts. Now, y'all know, that ain't nothing but them kids that range from 14 to probably 18 now. Them kids don't understand. Maria Maria was a classic. And he basically was given a message in that song. And a lot of people missed it. But he was given a message. And y'all just got to understand that R&B is not on that level anymore. And they will never get back on that level because none of them is really given that creativity that they're they're supposed to be given. Like we have a lot of them that's like good songwriters, but when it comes to making that that album or that single or whatever it is to give us that emotional connection that we felt back then, it's not happening now because y'all have too many people doing this whole trap wave when it comes to R&B trying to fit in with the hip hop culture within this whole singing rap like no we don't want that give us ballads because that's what R&B was about it was about ballads and people don't understand that no more so I think if we could get back on that level R&B would be good and for hip hop if we can get these artists to come together, whether y'all had beef before or not, show these young cats how it really supposed to be done. And maybe that'll make them step their game up or realize that, hey, y'all want me to play the game? I'm going to beat y'all at y'all own game. Get y'all out of here and bring people in who deserve the credit and, you know, that they deserve or the attention that they're des- supposed to deserve. You know, because a lot of underground rappers is really out here trying to make it big. And they, you know, they have a passion for it. You could tell within their lyrics. They might not be putting in that much effort when it comes to grinding. And that's because social media has played this big role when it comes to artists being noticed. Instagram being the number one place. And people aren't really looking for lyricism no more. And I think that that's kind of trash because... Hip-hop was based around lyricism and people just spitting, showing their art and showing that they could really rock the mic. So, you know, hopefully a lot of people just, they just redirect that. But 
you know, with singers that are out now from Beyonce to Mary J. Blige to Usher, Tony Braxton, you know, all of these artists that's still alive, come back and show these artists how it's how it's supposed to be done. Give us true R&B classic albums so that they could go back to the drawing board and really get their ducks in a row because I'm tired of it all. But I'll never get tired of having to go back and listen to all the older albums that I remember from being younger, listening to it in my mama little six speed. You know, that was a nostalgic moment. But with all of that being said and the different topics that I covered or, you know, just talking on a bunch of artists in general, I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode and, you know, sometimes feel free to comment on my um, D-Lo Speaks podcast page on Twitter. If you haven't followed um, followed it yet, you know, you could give it a follow as well. Um, you know, it's at D-Lo Speaks. And you could also give me a follow on my personal page at Ask Me Sucker. But, you know, just continue to support the kid because I'm going to keep speaking on topics that hit my mind or whenever I'm scrolling on Twitter or saw something on Instagram, whatever the case is, I'm going to talk about it. So, you know, just give y'all input, give y'all feedback on the page. You know, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. But I want to thank y'all for tuning in again on episode five of D-Lo Speaks. And y'all hold it down on this Wednesday evening. And I'll be talking to y'all again, maybe later this week or next week or whenever a thought hit my mind. So, you know, once again, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of D-Lo Speaks.